we discussed about it so many times and just recently Tarek you created a lot of AI generated artwork and one of the things that I was most shocked about is that Apple discontinued the iPod 2022 was the year of Artemis 1 which is our way back to the moon and beyond <laughs> Hi and welcome to episode 43 of the Tech Review, where we bring you all the latest and greatest and sometimes not so great news about the tech world. Join us as we dive into the deepest depths of innovation, social media and the ever-evolving world of technology. So sit back, relax and listen to our favorite articles of the week. Let's geek out and have some fun. On camera 3 today we have Vincent. On camera two, this is Henrique. On camera one, hi, this is me in my wonderful New Year's outfit. <laughs> tech Review is a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update.com. You can find all episodes on YouTube to watch or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcast. While you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. Well, this is President Barack Obama. Whoops. Welcome to Tech Review. Welcome. <laughs> that was the wrong button, but I like it. <laughs> but it, it, it was very perfectly. much. Yeah. Yes. Right. I thought it was on time. I thought you wanted to do that. Yeah. I pressed the button and you stopped, start, started talking. I thought, yeah, that that's nice. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Mr. President, please introduce the Tech Review. <laughs> always welcome here right. also live if he wants to join, join yeah or one good, day. <laughs> good friend he's always with us i mean he listens to every podcast so maybe he just joins of course he, he's the one who i mean when i say uh travels through space right he's orbiting <laughs> the earth the secret space station and listening to our podcast 24 7 <laughs> <laughs> yeah and today is the final episode of 2022 the last episode next time you hear us it will be in 2023 so let's celebrate this this year with uh, a, a review of what happened or, or our favorite most favorite articles or topics of this year and it was a very wild year with a lot of amazing things happened so Henrique do you want to start of course I'm happy to uh, but I hope I do not crush this whole discussion again with this article because last time <laughs> I brought it <laughs> we were didn't have time to discuss anything else <laughs> yeah, let's jump right into it I brought that one because yeah simply because we discussed about it so many times and just recently Tarek you created a lot of AI generated <laughs> artwork and I thought this this is, um, yeah, we, we have to talk about that. It was from, I think, September or episode 32, if I'm not mistaken, um, where we discussed that an AI-generated artwork got a first place in a arts competition and um, that... Yeah, it caused some discussion and some uh, controversy simply because it was then discussed whether this means this is death to artistry and um, one also made the comparison that if creative jobs aren't safe for machines anymore, then also high-skilled jobs are in danger of becoming obsolete, which I still find quite a interesting comparison. Like, 
how does this relate to each other in the first place but okay but yeah the art um, artwork that won was created with Midjourney, and i bet Tarek has a lot to add to the discussion now probably more than back then because you created now also quite a lot of Midjourney. yes i um, did artistry and um i mean basically the artist himself he said what's been what's been out of the picture for all those people who criticizes is that it's still you know he gave still input and he was still you know simply do with with photoshop and i don't know he did some upscale with gigapixel and uh, some other stuff that in the end created this uh, this final art piece this was completely left out of the discussion was just discussed that it's uh, just the ai did it and he just said it's a different way of you know, it's not the normal way of painting. It's just a different way, a different method. But it's still his, you know, vision, his art that right. he expressed in that way. But yeah, it's um, still a lot of people were not happy with it. And I mean, we also had quite a philosophical argument right? <laughs> back and then with Chris, I remember. <laughs> yeah, sadly, he's not with us today. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he, he had... Uh, a lot of new thoughts about this since uh, so many things happened in the past months regarding Dali and Midjourney. And um, it is true, I, I also experimented with this and tried to find out what's all the fuzz about and what are the actual limits of, this, of these tools. And as you said, um, it's debatable if this AI is considered to be a tool, something that I use to enhance my art or if the AI itself is the artist in this way, and so it should be thrown out of the competition because the competition is for human artists. And so <laughs> we have to be a little bit racist and say, uh, okay, if you are not a human, then <laughs> you are not allowed to, to compete in this competition. But yeah, I, I even brought some art pieces <laughs> with me because I created a gallery uh, together with my TikTok community where I asked for creative input. And so we collected some ideas and let Midjourney build these art pieces like this, for example, where we have Batman and uh, Captain America having a baby. <laughs> and those things I would never be able to create by myself. So I would say this is Midjourney creating this thing. Yeah? Or I, I asked about, or one of the users asked about the end of the world. Yeah, so let's take a look at how the end of the world looks like. And it's it's beautiful. I mean, not beautiful, but <laughs> it's really, it's really This is great. how Tarek, we imagine it. <laughs> Tarek, can you can you maybe um say one of two more words about it? I know it's basic, but um just for everybody who's listening and who maybe did not create something themselves, how is the process? How do you actually get from yeah. the inspiration to uh, I hope you saw my last comment and yeah. uh, I will see a picture about Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos on Mars. Yeah. Um, how do you get to that result? Yeah, this is one of the great advantages of Midjourney because the UI is very, very intuitive. It is like GPT-3, kind of a chatbot. It's a bot waiting for your input and you kind of just give the instruction of what you want to have. For example, this masterpiece is simply... Uh, anime, what's it? Anime Angela Merkel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think okay. Angela Merkel. That's what you put into it. And right, that's right. What it was, that, that was the result. Exactly. And so, so if you simply give this very simple instruction, everything around this topic is 
probably randomly generated by this machine so for example the colors the scheme the way the the uh, the person on the picture looks like but i could have said something like anime merkel with green hair then then uh, midjourney would have known okay i have to create something with green hair and how do i get to this user interface i know that um there are more sophisticated versions of it like dali where i need to use the i know i for microsoft for windows i know i have to use a shell to get to that program but um is it is how how easy is it actually to have access to that and A second question, um, I know that one of the pictures just from the content I saw from you on TikTok, one of the users asked about Adolf Hitler winning yeah. Second World War. And the picture is not really like Adolf Hitler winning Second World War. I mean, he mm -hmm. doesn't, he looks similar, but it actually to me it looks much more like Stalin. Right, right. Well, so true, my yeah. question is, are there limitations like, okay, let's, let's address the elephant in the room. Can I create porn with this? <laughs> So many That's first the elephant the, in the room. <laughs> the, the, yeah, it's a very special request for porn that you made here. Um. <laughs> no, but I mean, just from this picture, I had the question: Is there limitations? Are there limitations right, to right. it? Yeah. So, um, so for your first question, um, the different bots are working differently. For example, Midjourney is available right now only via Discord. So you have to connect with this bot with this basically a chatbot in discord and you send all your requests and you receive the results within the discord chat and this is first a little bit weird if you are not used to discord but then it's very convenient because the user interface of discord is quite intuitive you you quickly understand how to chat with this bot and you receive these these um those results and you basically have like a conversation with this bot uh, and a back and forth uh with dali uh, when you said the the console i don't think that this is um accurate anymore i think dali has a web interface which you can uh, use in the browser um, but both tools are not uh, publicly, uh, so they are publicly available, but they are not free. So you have to buy credits for Dali or like a subscription um, for Midjourney. And then you have uh, like a certain amount of requests that you can make and uh, like computate the, the images that How that much is have. a subscription? Uh, it How differs. How much is a subscription? Uh, I don't have the numbers exactly in my in my mind. Um, I know for, uh, for Midjourney, I have something like a flat rate. So I paid... I think like 300 uh, euro for a complete year of unlimited requests. So that's why I'm experimenting right now a lot because I knew I, I'm going to generate thousands of images for a lot of projects. And so I, I bought this uh, this flat rate. Um, the same thing is not available for DALI. Um, they are working with this, credit, with this credit system. So you have to buy credits and then you use these credits to generate the, the pictures. That's why I personally did not like the DALI system that much. And for your for your second question, um, the, the system is not open source. You can't look into all the restrictions and the filters that they have in there. But um, the system tells you, for example, one of the users asked for an image, uh, what is it like, the Ku Klux Klan attacks the moon or something like that. And Midjourney said, no, I will not generate stuff with the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, even though this, this image here was requested for Adolf, it was like Adolf wins Second World War. Um, and so Midjourney said, okay, I, I will generate something. Yeah, but what we are seeing here is obviously not Adolf. Yeah, it looks like Stalin. No, no so swastika, nothing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you do not see uh, um, Nazi symbols, you do not see uh, Adolf Hitler. And so I, I'm pretty sure 
that there are some filters in there filtering pornography, filtering uh, violent topics and certain restricted uh, topics like uh, Ku Klux Klan and national socialism and stuff. But that is really, oh, I don't know how I think that. I, what I think of this, because this to me sounds very much like uh, an AI uh, limiting me in what I want to do, what I can do. And look, especially at our industry, we are working with journalism. And obviously for journalism, we actually would need an AI to, my, I don't know, generate um, a swastika, just yeah. as an example. Yeah. Uh, and Potentially, this could be something we would need. And then at that moment, this AI would uh, block us from uh, creating content around that, uh, which to me sounds very dangerous. Interesting. I don't, I don't think that this is um, a real limitation in the long term. Right now, uh, what we see here is something like a first generation, a preview open for everyone who's buying these credits or buying these uh, these licenses for this stuff. But it's available for everyone. And for example, um, the, the uh, license that I bought is a public license. So everything that I generate is visible in the Bajorni community. Everyone who is in this, these Discord channels can see what I'm generating. And so there's nothing private in there. I could imagine that in the future, OpenAI is going, oh, sorry, um, the, the Midjourney Corporation is going to create maybe even dedicated servers where I can then have my dedicated version, everything's private, which is already available if I pay enough for this. And I could imagine that then I can probably do some settings by myself and say I, I want to have unrestricted uh, training data and then also have for example national socialist uh, imagery in there because I need this uh, for, for my journalistic work and then the image that I generate on my private instance will output this stuff but as long as I am on a, a semi-public discord and everyone can see stuff and um, we also don't have, I, I don't think that, that there's like an age limitation or age check. I think they have to be very careful in this very semi-public um, instance what stuff they are generating. And interestingly, if we go in there and simply observe what other users are are um, are generating, there are a lot of kind of sexual implicit things that are not pornographic. But you could imagine the moment that they drop this filter, <laughs> this would be a very, very interesting show, uh, simply observing what other users are generating in there. And sure, it's an artificial limit. Uh, yeah. I agree with you on that. So, yeah. But I mean, I mean, also coming back to the initial discussion back in the article, I mean, I, Tarek, you also mentioned that, yeah, you do not see where, you know, this is, you could have done that yourself or think right. about that yourself. So this was purely done by the AI totally get it but if we take the example of the adolf hitler wins world war ii example where we all can agree that he doesn't really look like yeah. adolf hitler uh, stuff is missing but i mean taking this as the basis you know you would know as an artist probably go ahead and you know with photoshop with other kind of uh, tools you would adapt this and this would be like your canvas and then you would start doing your thing and adapting it until you're done and this is basically what this guy did yeah. right um for which he won the this prize and then i'm like okay you can still debate about whether or not this is like this is art as it used to be i mean it's it's not but when you look into oh, what was his name um andy warhol yeah. You know, he used pictures that he didn't took from celebrities and that was his canvas. And he added 
you know, filters and colors and everything. And this was also perceived as art. So if to me, that's kind of the same thing, because you just have the, the, you know, the canvas, the, the starting point is created yeah. by, by an AI. And if you then still add your stuff to it, adapt it, then why not? This is your creative product, right? It, it depends on the competition. I mean, in general, if you talk about art, then art is, of course, very subjective and everyone can name art whatever they think. I can, I can, I don't know, throw a paintball to the wall and say this is art now but if you have this competition of course they they probably have some kind of rule set and it might be that they say the rule set is you have to create the art from scratch and this in, in this competition Andy Warhol maybe would not have been accepted because his art is not created from scratch but based on work of other people maybe yeah and if if that's the rule set then uh the journey is disqualified. I would argue that it's very similar to photography and, and art, right? I mean, it's like taking Michelangelo or somebody like that and then putting them next to, I don't know, Helmut Newton and or somebody like that and say, well, it's the same kind of art. And I'm pretty sure both would disagree because the tool set is so different. And therefore, I think that, yeah, the Tyke is right with the competition. It's the, the competition the guy won was just for human artists. But I like very much that we are now in the era of having to distinguish between human and, and synth artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for, for the question of what happened in 2022, I think this kind of utilization of AI is a milestone. It's, it's like a quantum mm. leap of what is now going to be the, the, the state of the art. And if, if I can see that, basically, everyone who can operate a keyboard can generate these things. And there is a, a certain syntax that you can learn for, for example, if you want to have it in an oil painting style or if you want to have to change the camera uh, angle of, of the image, you can create very long queries of what you want to have from this AI. It can be very short, like Anime Merkel. Two words, and it generates this picture. But if you want to take control of what the AI is generating, then you can create a very, very long query with all kinds of details from the, the exposure time of this virtual camera to the color scheme to the style from oil painting or uh, cyberpunk uh, era stuff on, on there. And so um, it, you can take over a lot of control or a very, very low amount of control. And I think this is another very great thing that you even can learn to master how to use this AI to perfection. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, it's such a powerful tool and I really, really love it. And so I, I really, I agree that this is one of the major milestones that we observed this year in 2022. Is that Wednesday? Yes. One Ooh. of the users uh, asked for <laughs> little dragon coconut with Wednesday Adams. And I don't think that this is Little Dragon Coconut, <laughs> but it's... I, I don't know enough. Little Dragon Coconut, but, you know, comparing what the name and a... the picture. It, it's yes. a, I think it's a children's book. And I think it looks a little bit cuter than uh, this children's book. It's a little probably. like Red Dragon. <laughs> Can you show us uh, Musk and um, Bezos on the Mars? I did, did not generate it on, on the Mars yet. Uh, it was just today that I got this this request. But I, that was a very good suggestion from this, you. This is one of my favorites because um, the user asked for the best soccer player. Okay, wow! <laughs> wow! And first, and first, it was generating just like a some soccer player, and so I, I added some 
some additional uh, request and I said, give it more legs because I thought if you have more legs, you can be a better <laughs> football player. And yeah, Midjourney said, this is a soccer player with more <laughs> legs. <laughs> you want more legs? Here we go. Yes. <laughs> and I could imagine that he's pretty good with football. <laughs> yeah, and he I would not play with him. Determined. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's really great. Oh, there are some cool examples. And this is. Can you also yeah. say it should look more photo, more like a photograph? Yes. Is yes. that also possible? For example, where was it? Uh, I mean, uh, the the yeah. Musk and Bezos initial photo is uh, picture is very photographic. Yeah. So, so this one was oh, a request for there. specifically Donald Trump as a Disney character, and so you see the style is the Disney style. But there was something. Right, here, here I requested a cinematic, cinematic lighting. So it's a Game of Thrones characters as a rock band in cinematic lighting. And somewhere I had a, like photorealistic something. I, I don't know where I'm sorry, I specifically the, the Bezos yeah. mask picture is just but, but this, it's just an, it's an incredible picture. I don't yeah. know why. It almost looks like a, like a photo, photogra photography. Would be great yes. to have one of us at Tech Review photographic AI group picture or like a rock band. <laughs> so, but where does this uh, AI take its database from? Is it online? So could it technically search for Henrik Tarek Vincent uh, doing a tech review together and it would crawl images from us? Uh, technically, it could be. Uh, in the case of Midjourney, it's not. Midjourney is trained, I think, on a lot of data up to 2021. So Midjourney does not contain very, very updated stuff, but there are other uh, image generators which are using current data. Um, so there, I can't speak for all of these uh, things, um, but it always depends on what kind of data you train it with. And if it if updated material is, is an issue, then you select one of those. And Midjourney, they had like this, this, um, this break where they said, uh, okay, we train with this, this data set, at least in this version that I'm working on right now. And maybe in the future they will uh, like update this daily or monthly or something like that. Thank you <laughs> for AI art. <laughs> and again, like 20 minutes in from half right. an hour. <laughs> but, but it is, from my point of view, also the same with GPT-3. This kind of AI-generated content is, is a game changer. And I'm sure that everything that we are going to touch up to uh, from from this point on uh, will look differently i even ha huh, <laughs> fun fact this the source code of this gallery was written by gpt3 <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's simple HTML. I thought, uh, yeah, it's simple HTML and CSS. Let's try it. And I asked GPT-3 to write the, the source code HTML and CSS for this gallery. And it was just... There it was. How sophisticated can that be? Yeah, I mean, it, it is getting better and better. But basic examples where you can request what you want to have in, in a simple query, like simple gallery where you have images, it's responsive and it's... Uh, it has an overlay with a title. No problem. You can uh, formulate this query in one sentence and then you get the source code. And whatever programming language is, pro is, is trained on this, it can do it. So how fast does it generate? Uh, not maybe code. I know this is a different discussion, but how fast does it generate a picture like the ones you've shown? Ah. Yeah, uh, so the code was generated in seconds. These images take round about a minute. 
Yeah, so you have to wait a minute. I think there's something like a like a fast track option that you can pay extra, but usually I wait a minute for these images to be generated. Yeah, it's great. So the code was generated by GPT-3. The images is generated are generated by Midjourney. So basically, I am obsolete now. <laughs> How do you feel Tarek, about that, Tarek? Yeah. <laughs> Starting next year, um, the tech review will be moderated by an AI avatar. <laughs> <laughs> he will be the host and all of us we will just be the puppets you know yeah like. <laughs> right <laughs> so everything I mean, is just automated let's let's do an episode where we ask the ai to select the most important news in tick yes right. please <laughs> yes that would be interesting what does it select right okay but let's jump to the next topic all about it's uh, itself <laughs> ai 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 <laughs> <laughs> But but seriously, I, I mean, taking more um, taking more input from AI might be actually uh, something that is interesting in 2023, since we observe that this is very important. And um, with the rise of this AI content, I, I'm I'm not sure if if you observed it, there are now more and more of these AI content tracking tools that are starting to filter this kind of content as spam, because it's automatically generated. And so a lot of platforms don't want to have that, like Google, for example, yeah, because the first thought of everyone was, uh, oh, let's generate like uh, gigabytes of content, like SEO content from my websites, because otherwise it would take a lot of time for people writing this stuff. And Google is now considering this spam. And so if they detect it, it's like spam content filtered out of the Google search. So this might be the new cold, the, the cold content war of automatic content generation and content as spam detection. I still think we should look into creating TikTok content via AI. Sure. Okay. But since we are already very, very uh, far in our timing, let's jump to... And now, this. The next one. Vincent. Yes. So as you know, I'm A, an Apple nerd. B, I am all about consumer electronics. And to me, this year was in a very, very extraordinary year due to a lot of things. And one of the things that I was most shocked about, to be very honest, is that Apple discontinued what made them great. They discontinued the iPod. And that, to me, is an extremely interesting sign um, because we always talk about, I'm now Chris is not here, unfortunately, he would uh, love that, um, but we're always talking about bridge devices. And the iPod started to be a new the new frontier of electronics for Apple. I mean, everybody knows Apple. I mean, Apple started as Apple's computer, Apple computers. Um, they dropped the computers uh, somewhat in the 2000s because they weren't making a lot of money from their Macintosh compared to how much money they made from iPods and iPhones and then later more devices and services. And therefore, um, it, the iPod is what made Apple uh, to the, into the company we know it for today. And uh, it is interesting how the iPod transitioned from being the new frontier where everybody said we stopped listening to music on our CDs and our VHSs and whatever and whatnot. We're going to do everything on our little devices. And now this is a bridge device that actually is so much a bridge device that we discontinued it. But also because of business reasons, I'm very surprised because the iPod was always the, the entry device for children. Um, to consume their uh, 
content to play games and stuff and then later to transition into iPhone. And um, I do see that it was cannibalized by the iPhone SE at some point. It's a very similar chassis. It's, uh, it's, it's the price is very similar and stuff like that. I understand that. But to me, this was an end of an era because this is, we always talk about bridge devices and this is literally the moment where we see a bridge device coming to an end um, because it, 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 it served its, its purpose. And um, I wanted to give it credit here because what we see there on the left, specifically the iPod Touch, is actually what brought us to the point we are today with our mobile phones. It, 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 it really was a quantum leap in, in, in mobile computing, which then became mobile, uh, mobile phones and stuff like that. that and therefore, I wanted to give it credit. It's, it, it, to me, it was shocking that they discontinued. I thought they would be uh, always a bit emotional when it comes to iPod. But uh, to be frank, the music, music area of Apple isn't very successful, so I, I do understand that. <laughs> I think it's in, I, I think it's really incredible now reading there also in the text that last October marked 20 years of the iPod so now it's like 21 years and just today I read that it's 30 years ago that the first SMS was sent around like somewhere around Christmas 30 years ago so there are just 9 years in between the first SMS and the first iPod really revolu revolutionized you know the whole game it's it's crazy the yeah. dimensions like how fast this is really evolving that's true there, there was a lot of change but i i think that we now come to the to a point where we have not the optimal format but if you remember when back in the day when we were listening to vinyl uh what's the word schallplatten <laughs> it's very old the black vinyl. The vinyl disc. i think it's vinyl yeah yeah word. Uh, and this was normal i mean to be honest I, i'm not old enough to have only listened to vinyl yeah when i i started listening to music it was already like the uh, the music cassettes uh but but we had to switch from the cassettes then to the cds and from the cds then to mp3s and then from the mp3s uh to to streaming right and so there were so many changes and now we are for for a while in the world of cloud and everything in the cloud like streamings and podcasts and everything and i saw and i think um this is we arrived at a point uh, where streaming data is the new, for, for quite a long time, the new normal. I don't think that there will be so many new devices. I mean, the devices will get better and better, but discontinuing the, the iPod was, first of all, because it's an offline device. Yeah, you load stuff on it and then it's, it's, it's done. And I think uh, since we are streaming everything now and everything goes through, the, uh, through, the, through your phone, basically, um, that's the major reason why the iPod is, is uh, not with us anymore. But it's crazy to listen uh, to to read this number twenty years because it feels like twenty years. It's it's the vinyl age. No, it's not. <laughs> twenty years. <laughs> it's not even the cassette era. Era. Twenty years. This is yeah. <laughs> I feel it's the old. iPod era, but, and right. we're so damn old. It, I know. <laughs> I mean, think of it, Tarek, um, you're right, we are at a very optimal situation right now, but think of it, back in 2007 when the first iPhone came out, iPod was already, I don't know, not the mm -hmm. iPod Touch, but iPod was generally on the market, I think I, iPod started in 2001 mm -hmm. with the iPod, um, which later became the iPod Classic with the click wheel. And um, I'm waiting on this. I mean, I don't know if we're going to 
keep doing this format until then. But I am 100% certain that somewhat in the future we will have an article uh, here, maybe in Tech Review, talking about how Apple is discontinuing iPhone. <laughs> because I think this is the perfect example, right? Yes. This was a frontier and now is is in the past. And this will happen with the iPhone again. I don't think it will be 20 years, to be frank, because 20 years would mean in uh, round about five years, yes. I don't think that we're that far <laughs> that we will discontinue iPhone in five years. But give it another 10, so 30 years iPhone, I'm very, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, the world will be different by then it, and iPhone will be dead. Yeah, but the question is what exactly will be discontinued? Because, uh, of course, if you have like a rebranding or renaming and you uh, start naming the stuff uh, differently, it's the question if it's just a name change or it's, it's if it's really a discontinuation but of the, this. the screen. The screen will be discontinued, yeah. Tarek. At one point, we, we won't need any more uh, whatever inch device to con to use uh, to consume content on. This will yeah, transition. But, but to, to be honest, I'm not sure if we are there yet. I think a lot of time will pass until we really get rid of, of the format of the screen. Right now, we have these, these tablet devices. We have the phone devices, um, which are like... A, class by themselves maybe i think maybe they are going to merge into each other because the phone screens are getting bigger and the tablet screens are getting smaller so maybe they will merge the the ipad and the iphone to the i thing and it's ju just the i think nano and the i think maximum uh, I, I don't know what everything comes with socks <laughs> yeah right yeah. right but <laughs> reaching the point where we say for example having the uh, augmented reality glasses on, on my face this will be an alternative device but i don't think that they will remove the screen so fast because there will be people who will not adopt this this format of watching your content through to the, the lenses and and so i think um this screen device in your pocket will continue to be a thing for for quite a long time with the ipod this became obsolete because everyone had the phone i think that the iphone or the smartphone itself was the ipod killer because the iphone was able to do everything that the iPod could and a thousand things more. That's why the iPod was obsolete. But as so, uh, we still need to have this, this new era of technology where everything that the iPhone can do today is, be, is replaced by the other thing. Yeah, and I don't see the augmented reality glasses that can do everything the phone can do so that the phone will be obsolete. Yeah, so so I, I, I do not... I don't agree with with uh, the assumption that in the in the coming years the iPhone will become obsolete, maybe in name, maybe uh, in in like branding, but uh, not from the class of devices. I mean, maybe then we do not come together in ten years from now to discuss <laughs> this article that Vincent <laughs> relates to, but maybe in like uh, forty years from now, <laughs> or, we should have like a tech re reunion then and discuss this. Yeah, or we are laughing about the estimations that that we are doing right now because, as we see, it can be very, very quickly, and maybe in the next yeah. ten years, Elon Musk and Neuralink <laughs> will be a thing, and people are laughing because suddenly year after year this becomes the new thing and uh, we, we do we are talking now about augmented reality glasses maybe we skip this maybe in 10 years from now everybody's going to have these brain implants and just streaming all the content directly into your brain and nobody's needing these devices right so we are not thinking about this now but 
maybe we, we just skip the AR contact like we lenses. Will, we will be the first ones discussing it yes. here at Tech <laughs> <laughs> Telepathically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. And now, this. Let's jump uh, to something that I brought. <laughs> It's Wikipedia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's the first, isn't it? <laughs> right, kind of. <laughs> to have a Wikipedia of. article? Kind of. The thing is, I'm, I'm not really bringing Wikipedia, but uh, I, I wanted to bring the big advances in uh, space exploration, even though this is your topic, Enrique. But since you claimed AI art, I thought I have to talk about Artemis and our advances in space exploration because 2022 was the year um, of liftoff of Artemis 1 or the Artemis mission altogether, which is our way back to the moon and beyond. Yeah, And if you are not familiar with Artemis, it's NASA's initiative that's uh, all about landing the first woman and uh, the next man on the moon by originally it was planned for 2024. I think we are now planning with 2025, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, but yep. that's, of course, not all because the, the long term goal of Artemis is establishing a sustainable human presence on the moon and then later on Mars. And so for me, 2022 was very special for space exploration because we literally made the first step for starting this era of space exploration after a couple of decades where we did not really do a lot of things in this direction. We were very much uh, busy with our own planet. But since the 70s, we did not do anything on the moon or, or further away in terms of human spaceflight. Yeah, and uh, the Artemis is now again an international effort, uh, as we had in the past with the ISS. And uh, it, the, the partnerships with these space agencies and private companies from all around the world is, is really encouraging, even though we now know uh, with uh, the... the um, all the stress that we are having with Russia, for example, that this kind of collaboration is probably not being continued as we had it with the ISS. Uh, but at least with Artemis, um, the European service module of the Orion spacecraft was contributed by ESA and uh, was uh, constructed by Airbus Defense and Space uh, in Germany. Yeah, And so this is a really, really cool thing that NASA um, is also relying on technology from Europe. And so um, Orion and uh, Artemis is at least uh, in, in this direction, real international collaboration. And this November, we saw uh, finally the Artemis 1 mission being completed successfully. Um, and this was an uncrewed test, uh, a test flight of the space launch uh, system and uh, the Orion spacecraft itself. And uh, even though it was just an unmanned first mission, uh, it is now done and we are ready uh, to prepare for Artemis 2, which will feature for the first time then a crewed flight uh, around the moon and Artemis 3, which will then finally land humans on the lunar surface uh, once again. And l the launch of Artemis 1 was originally scheduled to take place in August, which was then delayed due to offshore storms and technical difficulties, and uh, including a fuel leak 
and uh, some kind of communication delay and a crack on the insulation foam. And there were so many things where people were really, really afraid that Artemis is not going to be started because there were so many delays. And then there was like this faulty sensor which, which sh showed that the temperatures were too high even though everything was fine, I think. And then a second launch attempt in September was also scrubbed to a fuel supply leak. And then in the, the next, I think it was in September 19th, the next attempt, and then it was moved to September 27th and then to September 13th and I was really really scared that it is not going to happen. Then we had tropical storms <laughs> and then finally in November uh, 16th was the last or the 16th and 19th I think uh, the, the last attempts before then uh, we were finally able to launch on November 16th. Yeah. And this was the big day where we, I remember that we discussed also here in the tech review, where we finally were, were mm -hmm. happily announcing that Orion is on the way and in space uh, to the moon. And on, on December 6th, uh, Orion then left the moon's sphere of influence and came back to Earth and it landed back uh, here. It had splashed down on December 11th. And uh, f for me, this is really, really epic. When, when they finally entered space it was kind of okay everything went for uh, as planned and everyone was just celebrating that everything worked perfectly yeah but it, it really took from august to november to get this thing up into the air <laughs> it was really 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 crazy how often i sat uh, on my computer and watching like the countdown and then the abortion um Abortion? Do you say it like the, the abort? Do you say abortion? <laughs> the cancellation? No. The cancelling? Yeah. Scrubbing. The... <laughs> it got scrubbed. Got cancelled. Yeah, I, I apologize. I think abortion. Um, the abo <laughs> for, for my lack of vocabulary in this direction. <laughs> it's it's diff it's a very right, difficult right. word. I have to admit. Uh, do you think it's legit? <laughs> what was? <laughs> <laughs> this is legitimately a very difficult word to try to uh, explain yeah but the launch was aborted multiple times and so it was a very very dramatic time for all space enthusiasts waiting for this launch of this uh, magnificent rocket <laughs> oh, beautifully summarized topic. right <laughs> 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 and that's why I brought um, this Wikipedia page, because uh, everything is summed up there if you're interested. Uh, but this is one of the great things that happened in 2022. And I really love that they also had these animations in here. Because when we observe like these very simple drawings, um, uh, it, it looks like, where was it? Like, like this. It looks so simple. The rocket starts, it flies around the moon, and it comes back and mm -hmm. nice. But if you take a look at how um, <laughs> the the flight path of the rocket actually looked like, it looks so incredibly difficult to calculate this, yeah, because everything is calculated beforehand. And so they had these uh, launch windows so that they are able to actually do this. Uh, on this upper thing here, you see how it looks um, if you put the Earth into the center, having the moon rotating. And it, it's so weird how um, how the Orion spacecraft uh, was was flying. And yet we're able to calculate this. And right. I mean, like even 50, 60 years ago, exactly. it was, you know, yeah. <laughs> humans calculating it on their own. I mean, now computers are much better yeah. than back then. But still, it's fascinating how precisely we can, right. you know. I mean, 
in, in the sixties they had computers um, which were aiding them, but they were way less powerful than than uh, than the computers that we are doing today. Um, so basically, they, they were, were much like, more dependent right, on the human yeah. computer. It was more like a huge calculator yeah, that you had to operate. <laughs> and we also, I would argue that Artemis has much more data to rely on. Sure. I mean, we have how many moon missions? I think it was six, five missions, something like that, uh, that uh, actually landed on the moon. And before that, yes, before um, before Apollo, there was, I forgot the name of the missions that tested all of the different gears. But, I mean, they had all the data, but it, I think it's still uh, amazing. Right, right. And, of course... And I'm happy, Tarek, that you brought this today. <laughs> and for, for <laughs> us content creators, it was, of course, amazing because... All of these things were live streamed and NASA TV was broadcasting all the updates and there were websites where you could track the current position of Artemis. And this is really, really great that you can be simply live with with this rocket or let's say not live live because it's delayed a little bit. But you were basically able, independent from the TV stations, to directly tap into the data feeds Uh, from NASA and observe what is happening there. And so I'm so excited about watching Artemis 2 and, of course, Artemis 3 and observing the the, the whole mission when they the, the astronauts are then literally on the surface of the moon um, and being with them kind of every single minute. Unless, totally of course, uh, NASA will then block out the signal when they um, visit like the secret alien facilities that we know are on moon. When they land on the South right. Pole uh, <laughs> and set up all their camera gear, right? Yeah. <laughs> when they need to set up, when they need to set up the Apollo yeah. landers, right? So and, and so that we all know that Apollo was there, obviously, right? And then they try to, and then the Buzz Aldrin footprint. They they bring in an extra <laughs> foot just for this movement. Nice that you said Buzz Aldrin footprint. <laughs> Isn't that Buzz Aldrin? I think Buzz Aldrin is the only one who did not set foot on the moon, right? No, no, he was the second one. It was the third one who was not oh, setting yeah. a foot. Right. Yeah, Alan Shepard or something yeah, like right, that. Yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah, sorry. I missed Actually, that. Actually, uh, very interesting. <laughs> uh, this famous picture of that astronaut standing in front of the camera, right, where the reflection yes. is coming from the golden thing. That's Buzz Aldrin. Everybody thinks that's uh, Neil Armstrong. Yeah, it's not okay, okay. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. fact. Gimini. The, the missions are called Gimini. Gemini yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's it. I think we are a little bit over time. One hour over time, nice. <laughs> <laughs> But at least for 2022, uh, we can wrap up this year. Also, from tech review point of view, it was a great year. We developed this format from a very private meeting where we sat into a room. Oh, that was not in the beginning of 2022, but from the start of this podcast format, uh, we evolved a lot and we brought in new ideas, new formats, new ways of discussing the latest and greatest topics in science, technology and innovation. And I, I think from our point of view, so much happened and I'm looking forward to how we are going to evolve this format in 2023. Uh, in the name from everyone who participated in uh, this podcast, thank you for all the viewers and listeners who joined this journey of this new kind of podcast format. And I hope you had a great year 2022 and a great, even better start into 2023. And we will see and hear each other next year. See you then. Bye. See you then. Bye. And as we say, say in German, guten Rutsch. <laughs> 
happy sliding into the new year. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you. And if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.